You're listening to the Elevate Main Podcast. To learn more about Elevate, visit our website at www.elevate.org.ph. We hope you enjoy today's talk. Okay. Good, mor- good afternoon, everyone. I apologize for my voice. Medyo pinapausawa. So, can you greet your seatmate? Good afternoon. Hello, hello. There. So, again, I apologize. Hindi po ako concert pero <clears throat> this week we had an event in... Palakasan na lang ah, medyo mahina yung boses ko. We had an event with PCEC. Tommy asked me to sing, so no, so I, uh, I was a song leader before, so they asked me to sing there. Uh, biglaan lang, so I, I had to obey the bishop there. So that's why I lost my voice. And I spoke also earlier this morning, with that. we had a Barna event. It was an amazing event, by the way. So anyway, welcome. We have a new series. Ang series natin is G. So what does this mean? Why are we going to this series? But before I explain that, I just want to uh, promote this, this thing to you, something exciting. It's called a campaign. So we're, we have a new campaign this year, this 2023. Okay, so so just bear with me. But this 2023, we have a B1N1 campaign. Can you show that? Okay, so what is this? campaign all about. It's connected actually to our series because our series is about life journey. Kaya nga, G Samaka. So in this campaign, we desire that every young people or, or all of us, we will bring one student. So among you, your students. So among you, your students. You're still students. So some of you are lying. Okay, that's okay. So, so, so you're students and you have classmates who don't know Jesus. And our goal and our desire for you is you help your classmate, at least one of them, bring them through a journey. Because every single one of us, we have a life journey, and our desire is to bring them through a journey so that they will know Christ and help others also know Christ. So the journey is this one, be one and one. The journey that we have in CCF is first we engage with people who don't know Jesus, we get to know them, we pray for them, and then explore. When I say explore, help them understand what CCF is all about, what Elevate is all about, what the Bible, who Jesus is, and eventually share the gospel. Then once they accept Jesus, they're part of a small group, we help them grow. Imagine we help them grow in the Lord, then we help them serve either here in Elevate or in CCF, or they can lead their own small group, and eventually they will bear fruit and help others also go through the journey. So our challenge to you is you bring just one student in the journey for one year. At least one student. You can bring more, okay? But at least one student through the discipleship journey for one year. Kaya nga, be one in one. So tell your seatmate, be one in one. Go. <clears throat> Yan. And we, to help you, to support you, we have this starter kit, okay? There's this starter kit, and kaya 100 pesos yan because that's at cost. It's, it, it includes, what does it include? The bookmark. There's a bookmark there. Okay, there you go. So there's a bookmark there, and the bookmark has challenges for you. So the challenges is, for example, attend a youth service, join a ministry, for, your per, for the young person that you are helping bring through the journey. So you will make this as your checklist. And if you complete this, if you complete this with that person who, whom you're helping to go through the journey, you're going to get a prize. iPhone 14. I'm just kidding. 
<laughs> Joke lang. Joke lang. <laughs> but do this for the Lord. But promise, there's a price. But not iPhone 14, okay? What's included in the kit is this one, the journey card. And there's this, anong tawag dito? Parang pad. Okay, notepad. Right? Ang cute ba? Okay, so there's this notepad. And there are stickers also. You can stick in your whatever, okay? Wherever you want to stick it. So all of this for only 100 pesos. And the reason why we want to sell it, <clears throat> the reason why we want to sell it, because we want you to invest. We want you to take this seriously. Imagine you're paying for this for your disciple or for that person that you want to bring through that journey of faith. So, can I ask for your commitment? Are we going to bring one student through this journey for one year? Parang mahina. Are we going to do that? Yes. Amen. So, tell your seatmate again, be one in one. Go. So, if you want to know more about this, you can ask your campus missionary what this campaign is and to help you bring one student through the journey. If you want to buy this kit, later there's a booth. Somebody booth? Salabas. Ayan. Done, okay? At the back, okay? Before you exit, there's a booth there. You can buy the kit there. Okay, so again, I apologize for my voice. So please bear with me. I hope you can still hear me. I'll try to make it, you know, para hindi masyadong stress yung voice ko. Can we just open in a word of prayer? Let's join our hearts and let's pray. Father God, thank you so much that we are in this youth service and we can study your word together. I pray, Lord God, I lift up to you my voice that you would just sustain it. Strengthen it, Lord. Help us all hear your message. I pray that you would allow me to deliver a powerful, inspiring, spirit-filled message, especially as we start this new series on G Samaka. I pray, Lord, that all of us will understand that we only have one life journey and we don't want to waste it, Lord. So please, help us enjoy our message today and help us listen to you. Fill me with your spirit. Fill us all with your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And those joining us online, so YouTube, so Facebook, hello also. I hope you can hear me as well. So why are we going through this series? Why G Samaka? Because like what I said in that prayer, all of us, we have a journey called life journey. And we only have one life journey because we only have one life. But the thing is, some people are not enjoying their life journey. I remember before, for example, you travel going to uh, Baguio or going to Tagaytay. And sometimes when you travel, let's say abroad, you go to another place, you're with some people. There are journeys that are exciting, right? There are journeys that are exciting. And there are journeys that are frustrating. Have you ever been in a journey, let's say going to Baguio, going to the U.S., going to Hong Kong, and you're not enjoying it? And usually, why don't you enjoy it? Can you tell your seatmate why you don't enjoy it? Because of you. Yeah, I'm just kidding. So, why? Right? There are times, or a lot of times, the reason why we, we don't enjoy it is because of the people we are with. I remember, not you, Tommy, but you feel like, because uh, I was with him in PABCC. So, I remember there was a time I was in another country, and there was this journey with, I was, so I, we had this, I had this journey with this person, I'm not going to mention the name. And I'm not going to mention the country, because he's listening or something. So, but this guy, I, I was having a hard time being with this person. It was not just him, but there were a lot of other uh, people that I'm with. But there's this specific person I was having a hard time being with. Because there are a problems, there are he complains a lot, there are, he, he wants to change certain things. So it just makes the journey not that fun. So there were moments that I hope I wasn't with this guy anymore in this journey, right? 
So there are journeys that we are going through that's not enjoyable. Now, those journeys are just short. But what about the journey of life? Because life, we only have one life. You don't want that journey to be frustrating. You want that to be exciting. And that's why we are in this journey. And in our first topic, here's what I want to focus on. Because the greatest, look at this statement. The greatest what? Problem we have in having a wonderful and successful journey in life is sin. If you want to have an amazing, exciting journey in life, you have to deal with the number one problem that we have, and that is sin. You know, preaching about sin is quite difficult because some people, they don't want to listen to that. But I realize young people nowadays and even older people, we need to hear about this problem because if we don't deal with this, it's going to affect our entire being and even our journey. Look at these passages. That's why it's a problem. Look at in James chapter 2, verse 10. Can you help me read this para my voice will not go strained? One, two, three, go. <clears throat> so what's James saying here? If you committed one sin, you are already a sinner. How many uh, times do you need to steal for you to be called, uh, to be called a, th a thief? For you to be called a thief, how many times do you need to steal? Once, right? How many times do you need to lie for you to be called a liar? Once. So it's the same principle. Whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at one point, you are already a sinner. You already failed. So that's why look at your seatmate. That's a sinner, okay? That person is a sinner. He failed many times. I failed many times. And look at the problem of sin. Let's read Romans 3.23. For all... Have sin and fall short. We have fallen short of the glory of God. In other words, we miss the mark. God wants us to follow this set of guidelines. God wants us to follow this for our good, but we have fallen short of His glory. And you know why sin is a big problem? I know a lot of you guys, especially those joining us online, I know you guys know why sin is a big problem. But look, I just want to emphasize this to you, why it's a big problem. Look at 1 John 2.16. Can we read this together? One, two, three, go. Four. <clears throat> So this is the temptation of the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life. All of these things caters to our desires, lust, flesh, sexual sin, sexual immorality, things that, you know, attracts us, eyes, uh, greed, all of those things, the pride, the position, the hunger for power. These things, this is what the world is trying to offer. What's the problem of this one? Let's read verse 17. The world, what? Can you look at the next verse, please? The world is passing away and also its loss. If it's not there, I'm just going to say it to you. Verse 17 reads, the world is passing. There you go. What, what does it say? The world is in all its loss, meaning to say it's not going to last forever. You might have the new thing right now, but it's not going to last forever. It's going to be problematic. And not just that. Look at Revelations 21 verse 8. Let's read this together. But the cowardly and believing... <clears throat> Their part will be Look at the problem there You know a lot of people They don't want to talk about hell Because they feel like hell is 
you know, it's so bad if God created it. But you have to understand, the reason why God made that is because He is a just God. You cannot remove God's character as just. He needs to pay the penalty of sin. If people sin, that's the penalty. That's why all of these things, imagine including liars. But that's why we have hope. That's why we have Jesus. That's why He died for our sins because there is a solution. You can't say, na, Lord, bakit naman ganyan? why are you like that? Why do you put this penalty? If there's no penalty, imagine what kind of sins we are going to do. Imagine if there's no penalty, there's no rules in this world. Imagine if it's not illegal to steal a cell phone. Sino may magandang cell phone dito ngayon? Who among you have a very, very nice cell phone? Can you raise your cell phone up? Can you raise your cell phone up? <laughs> Who among you have iPhone 13? Sino mga na iPhone 13 people? Wow, sana all. iPhone 14? Wow, labaw la. So imagine if stealing is not illegal. What's gonna happen? Yung katabi mo na nakawin yan. Right? Your friend is going to steal that cell phone from you and you can't do anything about it. Because if your friend steals that, what are you going to do? Who, am, who are you going to complain to? The, if you go to the police, what will the police say? Well, it's okay. Eh. It's okay to steal. Just steal it back. <laughs> That's crazy. That's why there are rules. You have to have rules when it comes to life, when it comes to loving people when it comes to putting order, because if there are no rules, then everybody will just do whatever they want. That's why the one who has to make the stand when it comes to rules is God because He's the author of life. That's why there's hell, because He is just, but at the same time, He's loving. He died for us. That's how He showed His perfect love for us. You know why sin is a big problem? Look at this. Huh? We have a lot of problems on earth. For example, school, work problems. What's the solution to school and work problem? Study, be diligent. What's the problem when you have weight problems? You don't need to raise your hand if you have <coughs> weight problems. You exercise, you eat healthy. Love life. Who among you have love life problems? Well, okay, you don't have. You wait, you get to know people. Family problems. Let's get a little bit deeper. You go for counseling, you go out with your friends. Sickness. Of course, you go, go to a doctor, get a medicine. But if you're dead and you are in sin, what's going to be your solution? You're dead. You cannot save yourself. You're dead. You have a sin problem. That's why sin is a big deal. And that's why we need a Savior. So another pro reason why sin is a big problem in our journey of faith. Look at Galatians chapter 6. Let's read this together. One, two, three, go. Do not... What does it say here? You cannot mock God. Whatever you reap, whatever your actions are right now, it has an effect to you. And look at the examples of some of the effects to us. For example, sin can lead to addiction. Sin can lead to frustration. Sin can lead to depression. Sin can lead to confusion. It can lead to pain. It can lead to relationship problems or it can lead to death. Because some people, they don't care, okay, I don't care about hell, but I'm enjoying life right now. I don't care about eternal consequences because I don't see the consequences now. But have you ever wondered how come there are more sickness right now? 
How come there are more people who are in pain and they couldn't solve it? How come more people are getting depressed, frustrated, addicted to certain substances? Because they don't deal with the number one problem in our journey. And that problem is sin. Can you tell your seatmate, deal with your sin. Deal with your sin. Because it has an effect on your life, on your family. Look why there are a lot of marriages that are broken. Because of sin. How come there are a lot of young people running away from home? Because there's a sin problem. Maybe the sin problem is not them directly, but the sin problem is with their family. And if they don't deal with that, then it's going to affect them and their other family members. Now, I asked one of our youth leaders to share her testimony. She has an amazing testimony. I want you to listen to EJ. She's very active in the ministry. But I want you to listen to her testimony. How... God exposed the sin in her life, how she was able to deal with it, and how she was able to experience goodness of God, victory over these things. So let's welcome EJ. Hello. Um, I grew up in a Christian household, and our family actively served in church. I regularly attended Sunday school and was also part of various ministries. But despite everything, I would constantly wonder, what is my purpose here, Lord? What on earth am I here for? When I was younger, I was exposed to some explicit materials. My curiosity grew from there. As I got older, I started actively searching for explicit stuff until it became an addiction. When I got the chance to study and live in Manila from living in a small town in Rizal, I told myself that I'll be leaving a new life, creating a new me and erasing EJ's modest image. Studying my senior high school in a university exposed me to several peers with various perspectives and opinions. I started joining several political organizations and conferences. I also stood for what those organizations were adhering and advocating for. I even tried joining other religions to find out if there's really a one true religion. I started jumping from one church to another. I became so full of myself when I realized that I was very capable academically and got recognized by the people around me. In 2021, however, our entire family got covid my mom was diagnosed with severe pneumonia, COVID, with her oxygen level reaching 70. During that time, vaccines were still scarce, and getting admitted to a hospital was very challenging due to the surge of COVID. On the top of this, I had to feel, file a leave of absences due to insufficient funds to pay for my tuition fee. Everything felt very heavy. I was battling with the Lord and said, God, if you would only spare my mom's and even family's life, I will fully serve you and sacrifice whatever you want me to. We were amazed by the love we received from people. We received financial and medical support from them. And after almost a month, my mom and even my brother finally went home from the hospital. But the aftermath was more difficult to face. Since our company stopped its operation for a month, and because of the pandemic, my parents had a hard time bouncing back. We got so many people calling and asking to pay our debts. 
my parents and my parents started to be more stressed out and frustrated which led them to quarreling almost every day even my siblings and i would got get frustrated which caused me to put up walls against my family during this time my friends would invite me to inuman sessions or drinking parties via zoom every friday or even almost every day and would even send me alcoholic drinks we also dared one another to download a dating app and talk to people there all this became a habit and added to my addictions one day i got i got reconnected with an old friend through the dating app the catch up and hang out eventually led us to committing sexual immorality since then i felt like something was taken from me i felt so lost because of this i tried to hang out with other guys in order to fill the void in me only to be left feeling empty afterwards i found myself in an endless cycle of emptiness i felt tired and burned out i thought that maybe life is really meaningless this had me in the cluelessness yearning and searching for answers until one day at idc 2022 sean macdowell spoke about god's relentless love and how true god's word is and is enough to answer my questions and doubts in life i even remember lee strobel quoting dr lionel luku saying i say unequivocally that the evidence for the resurrection of jesus christ is so overwhelming that it compels acceptance by proof which leaves absolutely no room for doubt from then on i was convicted and started to hunger in knowing the truth i stopped making excuses and started actively attending our d group again and doing my prayer time shout out to the d group leader <laughs> yeah no, when i attended a true life retreat in june in june 2022 i fully recommitted my life to jesus a week after that god convicted me to be accountable and i confess everything that i did to my d group leader also restored our family relationships He is now using my parents to disciple other couples in a D group and I was eventually able to confess them what happened as well. My parents became more caring, loving and thoughtful towards me. We became more open with each other and they became more intentional in guiding me with my life decisions. I experienced I experienced blessing, protection and constant restoration after fully surrendering to the Lord. Moreover, I am now finally discipling 14 lovely ladies with two of them also discipling others. I am also currently reaching out to my college friends, classmates and actively serving as a volunteer here in Elevate. What Apostle Paul said in Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 to 10, to 10 that really became very personal to me that in that indeed that it is for by grace and i will quote into this now i have been saved through faith and it, this is not because of my own doing it is the gift of god not result of works so that i may not boast for i am his workmanship created in christ jesus for good works which god prepared beforehand that i should walk in them to our faithful restoring One true God be all the glory, honor, and praise. Thank you, EJ. You know, look at it in her story, right? There's are really effects on our life, on our family, if we don't deal with sin. 
That's why our topic for today is very important. Our topic is this, enjoy your life journey. Can you push, post that there? Turn away from sin. Enjoy your life journey and turn away from sin. Again, tell your seatmate, one, two, three, go. Enjoy your life journey. And I want to make this the first topic in this series because this is the greatest barrier to having a wonderful journey in life. This is, there's nothing else. It's not really the people you're with. It's not really the problems that you experience. Those things can be solved. But if we don't deal with these things, it's going to slow us down. It's going di- to sidetrack us or it's going to lead us to the wrong path. That's why you turn away from sin. And I promise you, you're going to enjoy your life journey. So how do you do that? Because I know a lot of you guys, you're aware of certain sins in your life already. And maybe you're asking the question, so how do I deal with this, Pastor Marty? How do I turn away from these things? And maybe some of you are familiar with this already. So I want to teach you and I want to remind you as well. So three things that I want to teach you. How do you turn away from sin? Number one, you confess. Second, you repent. And the third is you submit. You confess, you repent, and you submit. So let's go to the first part. Let's go to number one, confess. What does this mean? Let's look at this statement. You see, we can't turn away from sin if we are not humble enough to admit. You cannot deal with sin if you don't admit it first. If we keep on hiding it, if we keep on telling people that I'm okay, there's no problem with me. And sometimes the problems that we just admit are, you know, our own struggles when it comes to finances, maybe struggles when it comes to there are difficult people in our life. But have you ever admitted na, hey, I'm having a problem with pornography? Hey, I'm having a problem with lustful thoughts. Hey, I'm having a problem with pride. I'm actually angry towards my, this person. But on the outside, we're good friends. But I want to punch him. Okay, so I don't know if you ever had that, those thoughts in your mind. And that's humility when you admit that. That's hard. Because usually what we just admit are the external things. I have a problem in school. But will you admit, you know, I have a problem with cheating? That's hard to admit. You will admit your problems in school. But a lot of people won't admit their problems with cheating. You might admit your problems when it comes to your parents, but you won't admit your problems of lying, right? You're lying towards your parents, lying towards other people. And that's why certain problems at home or in your life are not solved because you're trying to solve the external, but you're not trying to solve your inner problem. Some people, they're just saying, you know, I'm really sad right now. I'm experiencing sadness and that's my problem. I'm experiencing sadness. But they're not admitting their problems of insecurity. They keep comparing themselves. Right? They keep comparing themselves to other people. How come he has a better hair? He has a better nose? He has a better whatever, okay? Better gadget, better house, better boyfriend, better girlfriend. How come they're like that and I'm not like that? And it's so hard to admit that. But that's why I like Psalm 51 because this is David's prayer when he fell into immorality, when he saw Bathsheba and he had an immoral relationship with Bathsheba. Look at what David said. Let's read this together. Verses 1 and 2. 1 to 3 go. Have. 
blot out my transgressions, wash away all my iniquity, cleanse me from my sin. And look at the kids here, they're going up. <laughs> Hello kids, you wanna, I think they're gonna speak so that I can rest my voice, okay. No problem, no problem. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, look at, look at what he's saying here. Have mercy on me, O God. Meaning to say, he's admitting, I'm the one who has a problem. It's not Bathsheba's fault that she, she was taking a shower. It's not the fault of the engineering, the one who built the, the palace of David. David cannot blame the engineering team. Now, why did you build it that way that when I look on the outside, I can see someone ba- uh, taking a bath? He can't blame that to them. He can't blame Bathsheba. He can't blame other people. It was his sin. Look at the next part. I know my transgression. My sin is always before me. Meaning, say, this has been my struggle. I've been tempted with this. Against you. Look at this. Against you, Lord, you have I only sinned. And done what is evil in your sight. You are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. You know, a lot of people, when they get caught of sin, what do we do? We usually make all sorts of excuses. Well, you know, the reason why I'm like this is because of you. You don't spend time with me. No, the reason why I'm like that because you, dad, you don't love me enough. You didn't give me PS5. Yeah. Right? We get all, all sorts, we give all sorts of excuses. Or maybe you tell your teacher, and the reason why I failed and I cheated, because I don't understand when you teach. But you're the only one who keeps on cheating. The other ones are not cheating. Do you see what David did here? That's why I want to teach you what confession really is. Sometimes we only confess when we get caught. But confession is not just when you get caught, but when God convicts your heart. That's why he said, you are justified, meaning to say, you're right. I'm really a sinful person. What I did is wrong. There's no excuse. That's why look at his prayer. Let's look look at verse 10 to 12. Create in me, let's read this together. Do not cast me from your presence. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. So he prayed, he confessed, and then he prayed, Lord, could you restore me? Because it's really my heart, that's the problem. I have lust. I have desires that are not aligned to you, desires that you don't like, and it keeps coming back. Could you restore me, Lord? And even in the New Testament, look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 3. But among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality any kind of impurity or of greed. These are improper for God's holy people. Look at the next verse. Nor there should be obscenity, foolish talk, coarse joking that are out of place. Rather, there should be thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure. What does it say? No. Immoral, impure, greedy person. Such a person is an idolater, has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. In other words, he keeps on repeating, this is a problem if you keep doing that. Look at verse 8. For you were once in darkness, but now you are in the light. So if you want to deal with sin, live as children of light. How do you do that? Verse 11, repeat together. One, two, three, go. 
Yon. Expose them. Do you know that sin <clears throat> loses its power when it is exposed to the light? When you confess it to someone. You know, I remember telling, I have people that I'm mentoring. I'm not going to mention the name because the struggle is pornography. So there are guys that I'm mentoring uh, and some of them, they go to me and they ask me, Pastor Marty, I'm really having a hard time with this one. How do I deal with my pornography problems? You know what I told them? Because they know already the verses. I've been praying, Pastor Marty. I've been trying to do these things. I've been, you know, telling my D group leader. I told you. I told other people as well. I have an accountability partner. Both of us are struggling. And sometimes we just laugh when both of us fall that week. That's going to be, that's like the cycle. Eh? So you know what I told him? Okay, you want to deal with your sin problems? Here's one radical thing that I want you to do. Tell your mom that you're struggling with, your, with pornography. And of course, he was shocked. What do you mean, tell my mom? Of course, if you tell your dad, that's okay. Because, dad, I'm struggling with pornography. And usually the dads would say, ah, really? Ah, okay lang yan. You're a guy. <laughs> Some dads are like that. But imagine telling your mom. Some of them would cry. Some of them would say, oh, really? That's, I feel betrayed. Why are you doing this? And some of them will be so slick, no internet at night. But that's exposing the sin to the light. If we're serious with sin, we have to confess it to the people whom we know will have the authority or somehow the power to help us overcome those sins. I remember there was this guy, married already. Struggling with the same thing, pornography. And I told him, you know, you want to overcome this. I know of certain married couples struggling even with pornography. Tell your wife. You have to tell someone who's there because it's hard to watch pornography if someone at home already knows. Imagine your mom knows. And then he would knock at the door of your room at 11 p.m. or 1 p.m. What are you doing? I'm sleeping, mom. <laughs> Right? It's hard. So that's why you expose it. And that's why, you know, when, I'm, when, when I advise young couples, they're dating, uh, and they're, you know, they are in a relationship, but they are not yet ready to get married, I always tell them, don't go on dates, just the two of you. As much as possible, you go on dates with a group of people. And I know it's... It's like killjoy sometimes. It's like KG. Why are you saying that? Because I know it's the temptation is so high. Especially when that couple individually they have sexual experiences with other people and they had wrong bad relationships before. I would often tell them go on dates with on a in a group. Not just the two of you. Because when you're married, you can go on dates and nobody will care and you will not sin. Because you're already married. But, but guess what happens to those who are not yet married and they are dating and it's just the two of them. Not all, but some of them, they do crazy things. They go to a cinema and they do crazy things. They go to somewhere and they do crazy things. You want to avoid that? Go with a group of people. And you know, I love my father-in-law when me and my, my wife, we were not yet married, we were, just, we were still dating, that was his rule to us. You go on dates in a group or if it's just the two of you and you can't help it, you eat in a public place. You can't do, certain, you can't do sinful stuff in McDonald's. 
You can't do that in Wendy's. That's why you expose the sin. You have to have a group of people that helps you. It loses its power. But you know what I realize? Here's what I realize. Sometimes, okay, listen to me here. <clears throat> the reason why we don't want to expose it is because we still want to do it. But I am aminin. Because you don't want to let it go. Are you serious with de- dealing with sin? You expose it. And that's tough. I know some of you are listening online. That's, you might be hearing this saying, that's tough. But if you know how dangerous sin is, and it's already trying to destroy your life, deal it right away. But the first step is confession. What's our message again? Enjoy. Life journey. And again, tell your seatmate. One, two, three, go. So first is confess. Second is repent. So confession is the first step because it's hard to repent if you don't expose it. So once you confess it, especially to the right people, you repent. When you say repent, repentance is moving away from sin and turning towards God. It's like this is where sin is and you're always going here, but you're moving 180 degrees and turning to God. You should turn to God, not turn around and go back to the same sin or turn to other sins. You should go to God and turn to Him. That's repentance. That's why look at what David said in Psalm 51, verse 16 to 17. Let's read this together. One, two, three, go. You do not. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken and contrite heart. That's repentance. You are repenting because your heart is broken because you broke God's heart. He is, you know, he is hurt with what you did. So you're hurt as well. And you're saying, Lord, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't be doing these things. So Lord, I'm turning away because that's what you require of me. It's so hard to turn away from sin. Let's say you expose it. Some people, they've exposed sin, but they're not turning away from it. It's hard to turn away from sin if we, our hearts are not repentant. We have to ask God, Lord, give me a heart that's broken, that's really against sin. Look at 2 Corinthians 7.10. Godly sorrow brings what? That leads to salvation, leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. Some people, especially in the world right now, they don't like being convicted of sin. Because they feel like when you're convicted of sin, there's guilt. But look at what the passage says here. When you're convicted of sin, it leads to salvation. There's a guilt feeling, but there's no, you know, the regret of your evil, your bad, you're not going to change. That doesn't happen. Maybe there's a temptation to feel that, but God brings the comfort, brings the healing because salvation happens when we have godly sorrow. That's what this passage means. And God is saying to us, the Apostle Paul, through the Apostle Paul, what he's saying to us, if you have that kind of heart, it's easy to say no to sin. Because you have this godly sorrow. It leads to repentance. It leads to salvation. Leaves no regret. But the worldly sorrow, just like what the world is teaching. If there's worldly sorrow, there's always 
regret. There's always guilt. There's that feeling that you are not going to change. But when you have godly sorrow and you bring it to God, God is the one who makes it whole again. That's what the passage is saying, and that's what repentance does. Look at 2 Peter 3, verse 9. Let's read this together. One, two, three, go. The Lord... You know, you know, one of the best examples with repentance is when God told Noah to build the ark. God talked to Noah and he said, I'm going to destroy the earth. I'm going um, to flood it and then all the lives of the earth will be destroyed except for you, your family, those people who will repent, and also the animals that I'm going to choose to be saved. So he said that to Noah. So he asked Noah to build an ark. How long did Noah build an ark? Around 100 years. Why a hundred years? Because God wanted the people to understand His grace. Noah was actively telling people, repent, change your ways, because the world during that time was full of evil. So Noah and, all, and only his family were the ones who believed in God. So they were telling the people, please repent, there's going to be a flood. That's why we're building this ark. Imagine it was a massive ark. It was so massive that everyone on earth during that time could go through to that place and they could see the ark. And there was that message, will you change? Will you repent? But all of them, none of them got saved because none was willing to repent. And imagine God's patience to you, to all of us, to those people who are listening. Some of us, our heads are so hard. Ang tigas ng ulo natin. Some of us, we've been hearing messages of God's grace already, but we still don't want to change. And I know some of us have responded to that in grace. That's what God wants. He's not slow in keeping His promise. He's very patient with all of us. That's why He wants us to repent. Look at 1 Timothy 6 verse 11. But you, man of God, what do you do? Flee from all this. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, Love, endurance, and gentleness. What is he saying? If you're going to turn away from sin, you have to choose another path. Because usually, you're used to doing this thing at this specific time. If you don't change that and you're just idle, let's just say you turn around from that sin. You stop doing the sin, the, your favorite sin, at let's say 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. You stop doing that sin. That was your favorite time of doing sin. What are you going to replace it with? If you don't replace it with a good thing, you're going to go back to that. Because you're idle. Do you know that the most, the greatest strategy of Satan to help us fall into sin is idleness. If we're not doing anything, if we're not busy, if we're not, you know, doing the things that we ought to do, he's going to tempt us. That's why statistically, during December, especially during the Christmas break season, that's the season where the number, number one, the top number of people watching pornography during the Christmas break. Because the kids are not doing anything. Young people are not doing anything. That's what happened to David. When he should have been at war, he was there just, you know, relaxing in his palace. And then he went outside and then he saw Bathsheba. So since he wasn't doing anything, he committed immorality. And look at this statement. Bad habits usually go away when it is replaced by good ones. 
if you don't replace it, just like in that passage, with righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, gentleness, if you don't replace your favorite sin with the good things, then you will end up going back to that sin or doing another sin. That's why if you want to deal with sin in your life journey, first and foremost, you got to confess. And second is you have to repent. What's our message again? Enjoy your life journey. And what do you do? So you won't forget it again. Tell your seatmate, turn away from sin. Go. With more conviction, tell them, magbago ka na. Yan. Okay. And finally, <clears throat> you confess, you repent, and finally you submit. So I know confession is, and repentance, we're very familiar with that one. Okay, Lord, I'm going to confess. I'm going to ask people to help me. I'm going to repent. Please give me the right heart. But the biggest challenge when it comes to fleeing from sin is not the initial fleeing from sin. What do I mean? It's easy to flee from sin. Let's say you do it once. For example, and you, you're tempted later. You're going to be tempted, let's just say. And you flee once. So when you flee once, there's that sense of, wow, thank you, Lord. I'm victorious. I was able to flee from this sin. But will that temptation usually stop that time? Or will you still be tempted maybe the next day or the next week? Right? There's going to be another temptation. So let's say you got victorious tonight. Or tomorrow. But what about next week? What about next month? What about next year? And some people, if we are, you know, we just put our guards down. And we say, no, wow, I've been so victorious. I don't think I'm going to fall into this sin anymore. Guess what happened? Boom, we sin again. That's why submission is very important. Because the greatest challenge to overcoming sin is not the initial victory, but the constant victory over that sin. And I promise you, it's very possible. If you're struggling with unforgiveness, it's very possible to forgive. Struggling with pornography, I promise you there's a possibility. It's very possible to overcome it. If you're struggling with insecurity, it's very possible to overcome it. But constant submission is very important. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. Look at what Paul said to his disciple. He said to Timothy, can we read this together? One, two, three, go. Five. <clears throat> sorry. This one first. I'll read this for you. First Timothy 6.12. Fight the good fight of faith. John, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold. What is he saying here? You fight, you keep on running this race with your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But you go back to James again. Balik to James chapter 4. Look at what it says in James chapter 4. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil. And what will he do? He will flee from you. You come near to God. He will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. You know how we can overcome sin. Look at what James is saying here. You submit to God. You resist the devil and he will flee from you. But do you know the pattern? You don't resist the devil right away without submitting to God. You submit to God first because that's the only way you can have the power to resist the devil. But that's the pattern. Some people keep on resisting, resisting, resisting the sin. Without God, you cannot. 
You have to understand, you and I have to understand, on our own, we're weak to fight sin. But with God's help, that's the only way we can have victory. With the Holy Spirit on our side, the enemy can't do anything. But if we don't have the Holy Spirit and we're not submitting to God, then any kind of effort to resist the devil is useless because he is more powerful than us. I don't know if you've experienced this, but I remember before when I struggled with this specific sin, there were times that I did everything that I can when I was in high school. But there's just so many things that I see online, so many things that I listen to that keeps on bothering my head and bothering my heart. Eventually, because I wasn't submissive to God, I fell into that sin. I don't know if you've experienced that, but there are times it's just so hard to say no to sin. Why? Because we're not submissive in the first place. But if your heart is totally submissive, what happens to you? You resist and he will flee from you. Because the enemy is not scared with you. ng enemy? The enemy is scared with the Holy Spirit. The enemy is not scared with us. When we rebuke the enemy and the power of God is not with us, he will not flee. He will not run away. In fact, some of the, en- the enemy might say, who are you? You're not even powerful. But if you have God on your side, you can resist the devil. But look at verse 8. Come near to me. He will come near to you. Wash your hands. Look at that. Confessions. You sinners, purify your heart. Repentance. You double-minded. And look at verse 12 of 1 Timothy. Let's look at 1 Timothy chapter 6. But you, man of God, verse 11. Go to verse 11. But you, man of God, flee from all of this. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, and love. So we pursue. But how do you pursue that? You fight the good fight of faith. Keep running this race. Take hold of what you have. Look at verse 13 to 14. Let's read verse 13 to 14. One, two, three, go. In the sight who gives life to everything and... Without spot or blame until the appearing of? What is this keep this command? You fight. You're fighting the good fight of faith. Enduring this race, there is a battle that we're facing. As we face this life journey, our greatest battle is sin. It's not the problems here on earth. The greatest battle is really sin. That's the one causing the problems here on earth. Because this world is a fallen place. That's why Paul told Timothy, keep fighting the fight of faith. Because you know what I realized? Only Jesus can perfectly remove the sinful desires from our heart. It's not us. I remember there's these two guys, person A, guy number one and guy number two. Both of them growing up in church. Both of them attending small groups, discipleship groups. Both of them attended youth services. Both of them, they have Christian parents. Both of them attend, you know, serving in the ministry. But both of them struggled with pornography. So guy number one and guy number two struggled with pornography. And they confessed it to the right people. But somehow guy number one is still struggling with it. Still falls into sin. He's still tempted and falls into sin. But somehow guy number two, he is still tempted, but he has never done it for years. What's the difference? The difference is the connection you have to God. Because when your connection is so strong, 
it's easy to turn that TV off. It's easy to turn the internet off. It's easy to say no to sin. Let's say you are in the wrong relationship. And that relationship is toxic. It's leading you to sin. If you are strongly connected to God, it's easy to say, no, I'm going to break this relationship off. Because you are connected to God. It's not, you're not easily bothered anymore. Because sometimes we're bothered that if I do this, what about the sadness that I will feel if I break this wrong relationship? What if I stop doing these things and, you know, they will call me, hey, I'm not fun to be with anymore. You know, you'll feel bad. But if you're connected to God, even if there are some, you know, bad feel, a little bit of bad feeling, it goes away right away because you're connected to God. Jesus is the only one who can remove that desire. That's why submission is very important to overcome sin. What's our message, message again? Enjoy your life journey and turn away from sin. How do you do that? You confess, you repent, and I remember this story. I'll close with this story. <clears throat> Let me call on the music team because we're going to sing you know, afterwards. I remember this story. So me and my wife, we had our honeymoon in the UK because my wife, her best friend lives in, in London. Her best friend married a British guy. So one of our trips there, we went to Oxford. So they live in London, I think two hours away. We drove to, they drove us to Oxford and we visited that place. We stayed there for a number of hours. After our tour around Oxford, and it was a beautiful place. So we had to go back to London. So this was the car and we had to go back to London. The problem was, that's why I was doing like a praying sign there. There was a problem. I noticed halfway going, to the, going back to London, the gas, you know, the gas sign, it says it's empty. Or it's yellow sign already. It's, and the, the guy, the husband of the best friend of, of, of my wife said, no, I know my car, it's, it's going to work. This is maybe a few miles away. We can still reach the nearest, the next gas station. Or we can still reach London and there we can take a gas there. But it's going to take 7.2 miles. And it was already there on the bottom, the sign, the gas sign. It's already there on the bottom. So I was saying, okay, okay, sige. If you think this is going to reach, okay, sige. But I was praying, Lord, please let us reach the, ne the next gas station so we can, you know, go back and not have any more problems. But guess what happened? We, our car stopped. In the middle of a highway in London, going back to, I, in, in that highway, going back to London, we really, our gas was empty. That's it. We, we were stuck there. And good thing there was a, there, we could call the, I think they know already we were there because there were cameras. But we had to call them now. We lost, we don't have gas anymore. Could you help us? And then after 15 minutes, the tow truck came and got our car. And we stayed inside the tow truck. So that's my wife and the best friend of my wife, who was a campus missionary before. And then afterwards, there, they drove us to the nearest gas station. And we were able to fill the car. And eventually, we're okay. We were able to go back to London. But why am I sharing this story? Because here's what I realized in this travel. Let's look at the next slide. I realized that we only have one life journey. We don't know when it's going to end. Don't wait until it's too late. When we were doing that, we were thinking, well, it's, we, can, we still have time. And then eventually, 
we didn't realize we don't have time anymore. But that example is very simple. We can take a gas and it's okay. But life is not like that. You only have one life. That journey that we had was a simple journey. It was just from Oxford to London. Our journey is just one life journey. You don't know when it's going to end. You don't know when it's going to stop. Don't wait until it's too late. Deal with your sin problems now. Turn away from those things. If you need to confess, confess it this week. Confess it tonight. If you need to have a heart that is repentant, do that tonight. If you need to continually submit to God, start with that tonight. Don't delay it. Because you and I know the consequences already. And guess what? Uh, I, I, I mentioned this earlier. That's why Jesus Christ came. To make you see how serious sin is. He died for your sins. That's the cross. For my sins. Because He had to pay for the penalty. And that's why He says, if you believe in me, you have eternal life. He's the only one who can give eternal life. I know a lot of you guys, you are Christians already. You have a relationship with God. But maybe for some of you, even those joining us online, you don't have that relationship with God yet. And I want to give you this opportunity to confess, to repent, and start committing your life to God. So why don't we all stand up? I want to pray for you. I don't know how this message has spoken to you, but can we just bow down our heads, close our eyes? I want to pray for two specific groups of people here today. Not just here in this room, but those people joining us online. First group that I want to pray for, like what I said earlier, some of you, you don't have Jesus in your heart. That's why you don't want to deal with your sin. So if you're that person, whether it's here or joining us online, I pray that God is speaking to your heart right now because I believe He is. Maybe He's telling you, Anak, you cannot have a wonderful journey without me. And if you want to have a wonderful journey, you start that journey with Jesus. Believe in Him. Confess your sins to Him. Admit that you need Him. Accept Him as your Lord and Savior. If you're that person, you can pray something like this. Say to Jesus, Jesus, I'm sorry for all my sins. I've been living this journey with these sins in my life. And I realize these sins are the reason why you died in the cross. So today, Jesus, with all humility, I give my heart to you. I ask for your forgiveness. I ask you, Jesus, to be my Lord and my Savior. Change me. Transform me. And for the second group of people that want to pray for Lord, a lot of us here, we know you already. We have a personal relationship with you. But we still have sin issues, struggles. Please, God, these things that we know already, help us to practice them on a regular basis. To confess our sins. To repent, have a heart that is broken before you. Heart that is hurting because of sin. And also, Lord, give us a heart that submits. Because only through your power, by your grace and Holy Spirit, can we flee and be victorious over these sins. We don't want to have in our journey baggage, sin that we keep on carrying. We want to have a wonderful journey and we know it will happen when we turn away from sin. Thank you for your power and grace. Thank you for your message to all of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you guys. 
We'd love to stay connected with you, so make sure to subscribe to our podcast or connect with an Elevate group through our website. See you at our next podcast.